Episode 121, Resilience. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And it is almost summer vacation for uh, those of us in San Diego, actually in Poway. We are down to our last week of school, Mm -hmm. which um, we know changes intimacy for a lot of you over the summer when kids are home and you've got to get a little more creative and, you know, things like that. Um, So be thinking about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had a conversation with a group of women today and, and one of the things we were talking, you know, it's funny how whenever I'm in a group of women, at some point in time, the topic turns to sex. And one of the things that we started talking about was, you know, the kids are going to be home. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you deal with that? So just as we head into summer. Kick um, them out. (laughs) Not always (laughs) possible. Yep. Uh, But be thinking about it. You know, you need to have those conversations um, with your spouse to say, okay, you know what? We've got these wonderful human beings that also share our home space. And how do we, how do we make it happen for us and still be, you know, parenting and, and involved with them and things like that? And like I was telling these ladies, and it was, you know, just as an aside, like I said, it kind of, you know, whenever I'm in a group of women and it comes up, but this was a really fun afternoon for me. It started off a girlfriend was having a, pr- a purse party and then kind of after the party, that party, we were just sort of all sitting around talking and somebody mentioned something about a spouse and the hostess knew um, about one extraordinary marriage. And so she brought it up. She's like, hey, let's ask Elisa about this. And so it was this kind of informal coffee talk, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you guys are in San Diego, if you're close enough for me to get to you, I would love to start doing more of these. It was a really fun way for me to just sit around with a group of women and, you know, I'm kind of thinking through the format, how this is going to happen in the future. And Tony and I were talking about it after the fact that this is a great way for us to connect with people and to be able to share a lot of what's in Stripped Down, the first book that we wrote, uh, and even parts of the seven days of sex challenge with groups of people. And so, you know, if you've got a group of friends that get together from time to time and would love to have one of us come and just hang out and talk, um, and it's not even like we're lecturing, it's more like, let's just have a conversation. Let's just dialogue. This is definitely something I want to be doing more of. Um, I just came home energized. I came home energized with, with what these women were throwing out as possibilities in their marriage, what they, you know, were sharing with one another. Mm-hmm. And how, and most of them, I would say probably all of them have been married at least 15 years. So, you know, they've got teenagers in the home. They're dealing with, you know, kids getting ready to go off to college. I mean, you know, so they've got all of these different challenges and they start sharing stuff and, and you could tell that they would, they'd go, you know, they'd share something and they'd be like, Ooh, TMI. And I thought how great that they're taking off the masks with one another and being real about what's going on in their marriages. Mm-hmm. And one of them even said, she goes, you know, I was, I can't remember exactly what I was relating, but I was relating a conversation that Tony and I had had. And, and she's like, oh my gosh, that's the conversation going on in our house. And I said, here's the thing. It's the conversation that should be going on in houses all over the world. Right on. If you're married, you need to be talking about your sex life. Yeah. You know? And so it was, it was just a 
fantastic afternoon and a special um, thank you to my friend Diane for hosting the party and, and just giving me sort of this unexpected opportunity to share to share about our community, to share about you guys, to share some of the successes right. that have that we've heard about because you email us, because you call us, because you share your lives with us. Um, you all may not realize the impact that you're having on others' marriages, but you are. And I can, I can bet there's probably four or five men tonight that are very thankful for all of you because their wives, as I was leaving, were all like, hmm, maybe tonight. So, um, again, good stuff. If, if, you know, if we can get to you guys and just do, just do these informal get togethers, I know it's something that I'd like to do. And I'm sure Tony, um, would do the same thing for the men. Oh you yeah. Know, kind of an informal, Hey, let's just, you know, coffee talk, let's sit around and, and talk relationships. Cause it's something that needs to happen in a positive, um, way in a positive way. Yeah. And maybe it's even something that we could look at doing online and just putting a time frame around it, you know, maybe an hour, mm-hmm. only allowing so many people in. I mean, something yeah. that we could look at for sure. So, so if you've got ideas on that, um, would love to have you email them to us at uh, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com and just share thoughts on that type of format and conversation, things like that. Yes, for sure. And on that note, for those of you who have been listening for a long time or a short amount of time, could you please go to iTunes, leave a review, give us a five-star rating, and that would be so appreciated. We are still sticking up on the like the top five marriage podcasts on iTunes right now. Mm-hmm. You know, after a hundred and well, this is one twenty one, so after one hundred and twenty one episodes, um, so that's just fantastic, and people are finding us through that. And the more you can share what you're getting out of it, the more we can help others. You know, because they may connect with what you hear and what has what has happened through this podcast that has impacted your life and your marriage and they can relate to you and then hopefully subscribe and start listening. So if you can do that, that'd be awesome. And I also want to thank all of our new monthly members who have gone to one extraordinary marriage.com have gone to the right hand side. You'll see it says support one and have done a monthly contribution, $3, $5, Uh, I think we have a $10 contribution as well. Whatever you can, it helps us just keep going. As many of you know, we have a couple of books, but mainly this is just a ministry. This Mm -hmm. is a love that we have. We've done some speaking with it. I'm going to hopefully be doing some more speaking with it um, in a different angle coming up in the future here. Um, But for the most part, we do this because we just love you guys and we want to impact your marriages and we want you to have extraordinary marriages. So please think about that if you have um, the ability to do that. I want to hit on episode 120 real quick Mm -hmm. because we talked about, oh, the places you'll go. And that was all on different places you can have sex. And especially as we come into summertime, and Elisa mentioned it, you know, kids are around, so we got to get a little creative, especially as they get older. And Elisa and I are, are finally learning this, you know, two and a half years into this podcast, we didn't have this problem back then. I mean, our kids went to bed at 7, 7.30, and they were fine. Now our son is a voracious reader. He'll be up until 10.30, 11 o'clock at night just reading. He loves it. And for us as parents who want to encourage that, we're not going to shut him down. But it makes it a little tough to have sex when your son is up and his bedroom is next to yours. So 
Go listen to Oh, The Places You'll Go if you haven't. I just want to read a couple of comments some places other people uh, mentioned. And I also want to read an email I got from a listener who told us about an advanced emergency kit. So you can go back, you can still listen to it or go watch what an emergency kit is. But this fellow adds a few blankets in the car, air mattress with pump to blow it up, battery candles, and water bottles. He is set up. That's that's like the ultimate Boy Scout emergency kit. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, the battery-operated candles. Yeah. He, he, he brought it up a notch for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, that's... That's being prepared. I like. I also like the uh, air mattress with the pump. Yeah, that just makes it nicer. You know, comfort. Yep, comfort for sure. If you can and you got a chance, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Click on episode 120. We got some comments there. I'm going to just read a couple of these real quick just to give you guys some ideas. Um, done uh, in the car in the middle of a snowstorm, in the movie theater, on top of the car, in the pool. Um, we have somebody here from San Diego on our quads in the middle of the dunes, uh, in our toy trailer, in all our cars in different places in San Diego's, our favorite Fiesta Island, which is a, a place down by the coast. Um, every room in our house. Um, I'm just trying to see here. Oh, this listener says... Always looking for new ideas. Public bathrooms for us is definitely out. <laughs> that was something that Elisa was just like, no way. Here's another listener. Hot tub, honeymoon, balcony. Uh, giving my wife a hand job in the movie theater. Uh, work, office, my office, her office, conference room table. Up against a tinted glass window. In the bushes on a beach. A small island. I don't think I'm about- ever going to be able to actually sit at a conference table in an office again and, and, you know, think of it the same way. I'm going to be thinking about all these great marriages out there that, you know, are using They're the conference table after hours. Yeah. Not why not. In-laws, her parents, living room, kitchen table, two different bedrooms. Our daughter was conceived in what used to be my wife's bedroom. Uh, our home under the Christmas tree, our first Christmas together, a hammock, again, a hot tub, storage building in the backyard. So here, I'm just giving you guys some other ideas. If you've listened to, oh, the places you'll go, here's just some more. Add your own. I think it's great. I mean, it just helps everybody to go, oh, wow, there, there are other places we could go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with that, let's jump into today. I'm going to read the quote, okay. and we'll jump into resilience. The quote, what quote? Behind every happy couple lies two people who have fought hard to overcome all obstacles and interference to be that way. Why? Because because it's what they wanted. Kim George. In tonight's episode, um, the topic playing off of that picture and um, yesterday was closing ceremonies for Poway American Little League. It was the league that our son played baseball in this year and after closing ceremonies was the team uh, end of the season party at a, one of the boys' houses. And the coach, a um, little bit about our team, our guys won three games out of 23 this year. And 
while there was vast improvement from the beginning of the season, like at the beginning of the season, they weren't even competitive. And at the end of the season, it was just like so close, mm-hmm. so close, but they didn't, I mean, I don't think they've won a game since April. Mm, yeah. I think April, I think it was before yeah. the break that we won our last game. And, um, no, we won one game against national league. Okay. So we won one game in April. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really, it was really an amazing season. It was amazing to see these friendships that formed with these boys and their parents. And, and so at closing ceremonies, all the other teams and our division got trophies and our boys didn't get anything. And so we go to this party and the coach has a baseball for each one of the kids Mm -hmm. and written on the baseball is the word resilience. And he goes on to describe how these boys had to come back twice a week to play in a game. They had to come back, you know, they came to extra practices. They, you know, I mean, there were practices that were two, three, and four hours just to help the kids because we had a lot of new kids on on our team, including our son. And they were just a very young team. Right. And they came out and they never stopped giving 100%. And the definition of resilience, one of them is the ability to recover from adversity. And he actually, the coach actually singled out our son because about four or five weeks into the season, um, we were at a crossroads with him. It was one of those things where, because he was such a new player, um, didn't have a lot of skill yet, hadn't quite figured out, he's a very tall kid, hadn't quite figured out how to move his body to make the whole coordinated efforts for baseball work. And he was just in tears on a regular basis about baseball. He was in tears because he always played the outfield. He was in tears because he was always the last kid in the lineup. And he could tell you, because he's so observant, where every other kid on the team had played on the infield. He could tell you where everybody else had played, you know, placed differently in the batting order. And he was just... Um, distraught. He was distraught. He, he, was, he, was, he was heartbroken. Yeah, he was distraught, beaten down. He was just very frustrated because he was a kid who got everything fairly easy mm-hmm. and was able to shine. And so he, he, he was struggling for sure. And so we, um, we told him that we weren't going to tell the coach how to coach. It was his team, how he saw fit to place the kids. That was his choice. Um, but we did tell Alex that he was going to have to talk to his coach mm-hmm. before he was going to be allowed to quit. And we shared this um, around that time on a podcast with all of you. And, and, the coach took Alex aside and had a man-to-man conversation with him. And right. I, to this day, do not know exactly what was said, but I do know that after that time, Alex decided not to quit. Right. He stuck with baseball. And as one of the coaches said, you know, at the end of the season, he looked like a ball player. He was given the opportunity to catch. Turns out he loves to catch and he has an ability to hang out there and watch the balls come flying into his face and stop them. And, and you know, he made he made something of himself mm-hmm. over the last five months of baseball season. And, and it was really interesting because as I was listening to the coach talk about each one of these kids and how they had to overcome their own sets of adversity, whether um, you know, they were struggling to bat or struggling to field and how they all hung in there. You know, not one of the kids on our team quit even after we'd lost, you know, 10, 15, 20 games. Mm-hmm. Um, they all just, they all just played together and they had fun. I mean, really for our kids, the biggest deal was, you know, whether or not the snack shack was open, 
yeah. after the game. But it got me to thinking about our marriages and how, you know, there's a lot to be learned from a group of eight, nine, and 10 year olds on dealing with adversity and being resilient. Because, like, you know, with these women that I was talking to today and, and the conversations that Tony and I have had and the stories that many of you have shared with us, there's a lot of adversity in marriage. There are a lot of things beating us down. There are a lot of distractions. There are a lot of challenges that day in and day out make it hard to say, oh my gosh, I want to stay in this thing called marriage. Right. You know, I want to continue to wake up next to this guy. And, and for many of the people in our society, they make the decision not to continue. Right. In a lot of cases, it's just easier to stop than to say, you know what, I'm going to work through this. Well, and let's talk about us just even in the last couple of weeks. We're coming towards the end of the school year. And as many of you parents know, as you get towards the end of the school year, there's all sorts of crazy things just happening with the end of the school year. I launched a new business called San Diego Success Series this past week, which is bringing world-leading experts here to San Diego. And so that has taken up a lot of my time getting out there. You know, it's part of this career transition, this business transition I've been looking at for this year of 2012 and you know staying up late getting up early trying to work out you know lisa and i haven't had the best two weeks i would say in the sense of connecting together not that we were arguing not that we were fighting or anything was wrong with our marriage or either of us it was just that so much has been happening that we're on go, 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 that we haven't really been able to connect. Mm -hmm. It's probably been the first in two weeks where we've only picked up Jesus calling maybe two or three times each night because we're going to bed at different times, this, that, and the other. And so, you know, resilience in a marriage isn't only about when you go through the deepest, darkest, hardest times. It's during each and every day week or month when life just starts to happen. And one of the women today, um, they were just full of amazing insights, but one of the women, you know, they were talking about the fact that, that when you stop talking, it's very easy to fall into that cycle. Oh yeah. Of not talking, of not connecting. Sure. Of, what, what of for? pushing, of, of just sweeping whatever the issue is under the rug. And, you know, we all do that. It's kind of that whole path of least resistance. What was it for? Oh, you know what? What it was for Elise and I? Elise and I as well, we were, we were sent an email from our landlords going, hey, we want to lock you guys in a year-long lease coming July 1st. Well, we get this like five days before the end of May, which means we got to give them a 30 day notice June 1st if we are deciding to leave. So Elisa goes on a rampage trying to find places that we could possibly go rent. And, you know, she, she's on this rampage looking and looking and looking. And so, you know, I'm sort of pulling away. I don't want to even discuss it because to me, it's like, I don't even want to deal with something else right now. That, you know, 
And so for me, it was easier, like Elisa was saying, just not to say anything about it. You know, let her go on her way. Let her call these folks. Let her set up these appointments. And, and I'll just hang out and just not even think about it. And I won't have to talk about it. And then that way, hopefully, it'll just go away, which it didn't. Hopefully. Um, yeah, it didn't. And, you know, we found ourselves heading to a dinner on Thursday night. Um for our small group, for our small group, you know, it's supposed to be this like celebratory end of the year small group dinner, and we're actually in the middle of an argument, which happens so infrequently for us that it's like, oh, now we got to remember how to do this, and um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I did do a little shutdown, not a lot, but I did shut down on him, which, for those of you that haven't listened for a long time. One of my coping me- mechanisms when I don't like what's going on is to, as Tony says, I power down. I just. It's that unmet expectation. She has an unmet expectation. The way she acts out is that there's a shutdown. I shut down. And so I started to do that. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm processing. I'm disappointed. I understand why you're making the decision that you're making. And I understand that it is the right decision for our family, but I'm disappointed. And I need to just process that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not completely disengaged and then we go and we have this wonderful evening and it's like you know what we're doing what's best for our family and and by the end of the evening we're holding hands and we're talking and 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 we're back right but there was you know these four or five days where it was like i gotta find a place i gotta find a place and and he's not saying anything and so you know when you have that lack of communication boom it blows up and, and this is all just to say that, you know what, it happens to us, guys. You know, mm-hmm. we don't get behind these mics and tell you that we're perfectly, happily married 24-7. Uh, Doesn't happen. I'd have a nose as long as Pinocchio at the end of the movie from lying all the time. Yeah. You know, just- the reality is, is that we are human. And there are times when, you know, I have to be taught a lesson from a nine-year-old baseball player about what it means to hang in there and what it means mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I, I need to get back in here and I need to do this again and I need to re-engage with my husband and I need to say, you know what? If a nine-year-old can get up there after striking out and after losing, you know, 15 games in a row and guess what? He still gets in that batter's box and he still swings the ball and he still hits it and yes, he gets out, but you know what? He hit the ball again and he got in there again. Right. And he got in there again. So what is my excuse as a grown-up for not engaging in my marriage and getting back into that marriage with my husband. Right. You know, what's your excuse? Those of you that are sensing drift in your marriage, what's your excuse? Because the reality is, is that that's an excuse. You know, unless you are in an abusive relationship, in which case get out there is no excuse for abuse. Yeah. And if you're new to listening to us, you know that if you're in an abusive relationship, get out. It's not safe for you. It's not healthy for you. But if you're just making excuses because it's easier to make an excuse than it is to engage your spouse, stop it. If you're going to take your marriage to that next level, if you're going to be resilient over what's happened in the past, then you need to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. You need to stop taking the easy way out. 
you know, overcoming adversity means sometimes you have to look that adversity straight in the eye and say, okay, bring it. Because I'm not letting you win. Too often we let somebody else call the shots. Right. And, and all that does is make us feel defeated, make us feel lower than what we're really worth. Then how are you to let somebody else determine your worth? You know, we have so many God-given abilities to make our marriages phenomenal. You know, I, I know we get comfortable in marriage. I know. I mean, we fall into those ruts. It happens. I mean, you know, it's like Tony said, you know, the last few days we haven't done Jesus Calling. We like do it for a day and then we don't do it for three days. There's a rut. It happens. We don't need to stay there though. Right. We recognize it. And this is one of the things that Elisa and I have truly have learned in the last four and a half years after doing our 60 days of sex challenges, learning when we're there as quickly as we possibly can and getting out of it. Mm -hmm. So instead of suffering and dealing with it and just going, this is the way it is, we have learned, okay, we have those unmet expectations. We have we see the acting a the acting out. And now we have shame or guilt. And we realize that very quickly now. And so we are able to get ourselves out of that cycle quickly. And if if you guys are going, well, what are you talking about, Tony, with this cycle? You need to pick up the book called The Cure, and I'll put a link to it again. It's by uh, John Lynch and a couple other authors. It's a fantastic book. And what it really comes down to, it talks, it, it, the basis of it is unresolved sin or unresolved issues. And so for us in our marriages to continue through, you know, to make it through these times, we have to have resilience, but we also have to understand what's happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. It's just not a push through mechanism because if you are like me who has tried to push through and have not seen results, you only get more frustrated and you only let it not let go, but you don't push through. You don't make it through because you are so frustrated and you see that it doesn't work. And why is everybody else happy on Facebook? Well, first of all, because everybody only puts pretty much happy stuff on Facebook other than the, the rare friend who puts all the crap and then you defriend them because you don't want to see their crap anymore. Um, but that's another thing. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So, I don't even know what to say. After that's that. okay. You okay. don't need to. Good. Keep talking. But here's the thing. I, I know what it's like to try to push through stuff and not get results. We have been there before. We have. And that is why we continue to work on talking and communicating and sharing our feelings and sharing our emotions, even though it can be scary, even though we may have some pushback, mm -hmm. you know, we do it because we grow through that because we know that from experience now that every time we push through that barrier, we grow a little bit more. We get closer together. We learn the nuances of where we're at. And so if you're in your marriage and you're in a tough spot 
and you haven't had these conversations or you've had one conversation or two conversations and then you guys have just departed from them, it may be time to get back there. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I do really think that the book The Cure is a fantastic book that should be read because it really just, I, I think, really hits at the root of what's happening inside of us as spiritual beings and why we feel like we're never good enough in our marriage, in our, in our parenting, in, in our being an employee or an employer or a manager or, or an elder or a deacon. I think this book really helps get at the root of that. And, you know, digging deep is not an easy thing to do. No. You know, when, when you have to look at why you are the way you are, there are times when that's just kind of a lousy thing. Mm. And you discover some things about yourself you don't necessarily like. But you know what? If you're going to be resilient, if you're going to be able to overcome, you got to get real. You got to, you know, you got to take those masks off. You guys hear us say that all the time. And I loved this group that I was with today because they're pulling their masks off and they're getting real about what's going on in their marriages. And you know what? They were supporting each other. There was no judgment there. And part of being resilient is getting past the facade because you can't maintain your masks with one hand and be resilient with the other. Mm-hmm. Those two things do not balance. They do not work well together. You have to be authentic. You have to be true to yourself. Uh, you know that's what's going to allow you to have that power, that to have that strength to bounce back from adversity, to right. move past it. And you know, one of the women said to me today, she's like, she goes, you know, not everybody talks about sex like you do. And I said, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I don't expect. You know, I don't expect everybody to talk about sex the way we do. There'd be too many um, podcasts like ours, and I like our show. So I said, but the thing is, is that just because you don't talk about sex the way I do doesn't mean that you shouldn't talk about sex. With your spouse. With your spouse. Doesn't mean that you guys can't move, you know, get back to where you were or move forward to where you want to be. Right. You know, all of those are, are part of this, you know, umbrella of resilience. It's part of saying, you know what? I don't like the way things are right now. Right. I remember when we used to, you know, hold hands. And now it, now it feels awkward when we hold hands because we haven't done it in so long. Well, guess what? Get back there. Hold his hand. Hold her hand. Or I remember when, you know, things were easier because the kids were younger. Well, now we've got to get a little more creative. But let's do it because we still enjoy having sex with one another. We're just in a phase of life where it takes a little more energy because we've got to strategize. You can do it. You can get creative. And if you have any doubts about getting creative, read some of the seven days of sex challenges um, from years past with people that have teenagers and they do all kinds of crazy things to make sure that they're still having sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, sending the kids to walk the dog and it's having the older ones take the younger ones out in the backyard and, you know, it's waiting until everybody's at the movies and, you know, they make it happen. Right. Because what they've realized is that it's important. And if something is important to you, you will figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. 
you know, it's like there's this wonderful quote that's out there that says, um, if it's important to you, you will find a way. If it's not important, you'll find an excuse. And, and I, you know, I think about all the conversations specifically that I have with women about what's going on in their marriages and what's going on, you know, specifically in their sex life. And, and, you know, I can always tell what side of the fence that they're on because I will either hear a lot of, you know, like, okay, well, here's my thought. What do you think about this? Like they're trying to figure out a way to make it happen mm-hmm. when it's important to them, when it's not important to them. Well, you know, I'm really tired and well, the kids and well, this, and it's like, well, is it important or isn't it? Right. Cause I've been there, you know, I can hear the excuse cause I've made them all or pretty much all of them. I mean, I could probably write a book on making excuses. Um, but again, you have to make a decision. Marriage is about making choices, folks. It is every day. And sometimes depending on how your day is going every hour, um, you know, and it's making a decision on, I'm going to put energy into my marriage. I'm going to make the decision to make intimacy a priority. I'm going to decide to engage my spouse in a conversation. Oh, stop the presses. But when you do that, you know what? You change the dynamic of your marriage. You get back to where you were. You overcome the challenges that you're facing because you've made a decision to do so. But it takes you making that decision. Resilience is not some little, you know, like those of you that are um, old enough to remember the TV show Bewitched. If not, Google it. It was a very cute sitcom. Um, basically, the main character, Samantha, she was a witch and she had the ability to just twinkle her nose and things would happen. Loved that show. Resilience does not happen with a twinkle of your nose. Resilience requires effort. You know, when you look at the, the definition, the power or ability to return to overcome that takes energy. Yeah. You know, this is not some little magic. There's not a magic, you know, happy marriage pill. Unfortunately, there is no speed solution on, you know, rapid fire fix your marriage. I wish I could find that. I would make a million. It's not going to happen. In the meantime, we're going to keep doing this podcast and we're going to keep hearing from you and we're going to keep sharing what's going on in this community because you know what? This right here, this show is one of those marriage pills. It's something that you guys can plug into every week. You guys can you know, put your comments up on Facebook if you're having a challenge and you can put it up on the Facebook page and you can say, you know what, guys, I'm struggling with this. Or, you know, what does somebody do? You know, where are places to have sex? Where, you know, where are great ideas for date night? Where can, you know, we want to travel to, you know, such and such. We're going on vacation. Where are some great date places to go in your city? Right. Throw it out there and let this community help build your marriage. Let this community help you get to that next level or get back to where you were. Tap into each other. We have over 1,500 fans now on Facebook, which is because you guys are forwarding this show and what we put up on the webpage to your friends and saying, hey, check them out. Right. And for that, uh, 
thank you is not sufficient, but unfortunately it's all we have. We appreciate you sharing us with your friends. We appreciate that you hear something, you know, you get a nugget every week that says, okay, you know what? I can use that this week. You know, we know you're not going to love every episode. Heck, we don't even love every episode. There are some where we're like, ooh, okay, you know what? We'll come back better next week. But guess what? That's marriage. There are days when I look at a day with Tony and I'm like, ooh, I'm hoping tomorrow's better. Right. You know, but I'm willing to come back and do another day with him. Just like my nine-year-old stood in the batter's box or stood in front of, you know, the coach tossing, you know, doing soft pitch and tossing wiffle balls to him for hours. There was one practice where he spent two hours catching. Loved it. Was exhausted at the end of it. But you know what? The next day he's like, Mom, can I do that again? And you know what that tells me? That tells me that, you know what? He knew the effort was worth it to get better. Mm -hmm. So why are we as adults so quick to give up? If a nine-year-old won't give up, if a nine-year-old learns that, you know what? There's something good at the end of all that effort. Shouldn't we at least be willing to put forth the same kind of effort in our marriages? Yeah. I would have to agree with you, honey. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay, how many of you ladies out there just love hearing that? <laughs> I you know, agree. I mean, that's just kind of one of those like, good little like, all right, well, there's obviously nothing else that he's going to add to it because he's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. The only thing I'm going to add to it is this. If you haven't taken time, and like Elisa said, our boy would, would spend hours, right? And many of you who have played sports, you know, when you're younger or even now, you know, you may be, you may be on a, a softball team, you know, with work or a church or a basketball team. Think about all the hours you spend practicing and practicing and practicing, whatever it might be at. Are you doing that in your marriage? Are you practicing? You know, are you learning? Are you growing? Because, you know, marriage isn't something where you just get to the pros and you stop. You know, even the pros practice day after day after day to do what they do. So let us know, how do you practice in your marriage? What do you do each week to connect with your spouse? Let us know on oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We love you guys. <laughs>